More than 20% of people in faith communities are survivors of childhood sexual abuse. But sadly, churches are often the last place a victim of abuse can find help and healing. I'm Kelly Downing, and my dream is a church where survivors like me and so many others can feel safe, be heard, and find healing. Until that happens, this is Survivor Sanctuary, a podcast for survivors of sexual abuse who are navigating the road to healing and for anyone who wants to be a part of the major heart renovation the church needs so that our faith communities can truly become sanctuaries for survivors. Episode 44 of the podcast is officially underway. Hey, this is Kelly. I want to welcome you to Survivor Sanctuary. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the podcast. And while I'm thanking people, who I really want to thank right now is everyone who participates in this podcast in any way. If you listen, if you download the episodes, if you share them with other people, if you comment on the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group, or even if you just joined the group and you kind of stay in the background and read what other people have to say, you guys are the entire reason that this podcast exists. You're the reason I turn on this mic every single week. And you are the reason that we are celebrating right now the one-year anniversary of Survivor Sanctuary. I can't believe it. A year ago, I just made this decision. I kept like waiting and waiting and saying, no, I need to get everything perfect. Everything needs to be just so, and then I can start. And I finally just gave myself a deadline, and I started the podcast. And in August of last year, I had no idea if anybody was even going to listen to the podcast aside from like a couple of my relatives and wow we have thousands and thousands of downloads just in this last year and it's you guys um, you listen and you give me great feedback and you're willing to come on and share your stories and it's a community that has grown from well just me and a microphone to a group of about 300 people on Facebook we share stories and we lift each other up and we're just there for people when they need a, a shoulder to cry on and when I say we I'm mainly talking about the great people in the group who have just joined the group because they listen to the podcast and then somebody goes on and shares their story or shares something that they're struggling with. And I have to tell you, like it literally brings tears to my eyes when I see everybody just jump in and they're there for their fellow survivors, there to lift them up, there to listen. And, you know, sometimes we have no advice to give. Sometimes there's nothing that you can say when people are suffering or they're struggling or the things that they've gone through are horrific and unspeakable. There's not really a lot you can do, but we're there for each other. And I just, I always find it amazing when I think, oh, I better get on and leave a comment. And then I see like, so many people have beat me to it and they said way better stuff than I would have said anyway. And I just love our group and you guys who listen every week and download the podcast and share it with your friends. You're legit the reason that Survivor Sanctuary has gone on for an entire year. And I am really looking forward to the coming year. Well, you may have noticed that there's a new look to the podcast, did a little bit of renovation since we're entering season two and year two of Survivor Sanctuary. So things look a little bit different, but something about the podcast is going to stay exactly the same no matter what episode or what season it is or what the 
podcast cover looks like. One thing that will never change is that this podcast exists to speak out about sexual abuse and to support survivors. There's something that I say in the intro and you hear it every single time you listen to this podcast, unless you use that 15 second skip, which listen, I totally there. Once I've heard an intro and I can say it by heart, sometimes, you know, you do the little skip and and you can skip ahead to when it's over. (laughs) I don't have a problem with that. But if you do listen to it, then you've probably heard uh, my desire is a place for people to feel safe, to be heard, and to find healing. And yes, my hope and prayer is that someday in some churches that people will have that. And I know there are some churches where people do have that already, but they're few and far between. And yes, that's my hope for the church, but it's my hope for this podcast as well. I want people to feel safe to to share their stories. I want them to feel heard when they do share them. And I also want to help people to be able to find healing. And this is not about me like being a teacher or some healing expert guru person. Like I am definitely learning and healing right along with you. And so many of the things that uh, other people share on this podcast, when, when I'm given the honor of sharing those stories and interviewing people, those stories really help me and other people's healing experiences really help me as well. So we're all in this together. We're all on this. I hate the word journey. The bachelor and the bachelorette just like ruined me for the word journey because they say it like 600,000 times an episode, but I don't know what else to call it besides a journey of healing. So we're all on it together and I'm honored. I really am to be able to hear your stories and when people share things with me, I'm always like blown away that I get to be entrusted with someone's story. I know they're not easy to tell. And I know that, you know, it takes a lot. It's not like something that you walk around wanting to share your story every five seconds with people. So I always consider it a privilege and it's not something that I take lightly. And I really am looking forward to this coming year when I plan to have more podcast guests and hear more stories here on the podcast so that we can learn more about sexual abuse about the struggles of people who have been abused, and also about finding healing or living out your healing, I think might be a better way to talk about it. Because when we think of healing as a destination, it's something that is forever going to be out of reach. Because I don't think that healing is a destination. I think, I don't want to say journey, (laughs) but I think it is about the process of living out your healing every single day. And some days you're going to feel amazing. Some days you're going to feel on top of the world. Some days you're going to feel like, huh, Sexual abuse was nothing and I feel so healed and perfect and whole and those are awesome mountaintop days. And then, you know what? You can have a day where you're just like, have I made any progress at all? I've crawled like a centimeter from the starting line and that's all the farther I've gotten. So it's it's possible to feel all of those things in the space of, you know, a week or even a day or sometimes, heaven forbid, even an hour. But That's one of the biggest things I think if I'm talking about what I've learned from this podcast over the last year is that healing is not a destination. It's not this like thing that we're striving towards. Once we get it, all struggles will cease. It's definitely something that we are living through. We're living out our healing and we're going to be doing it every day until we're no longer on this earth. Like I feel like I'm going to be healing until I take my last breath. So yeah, it's almost like our job or something to just keep going through the healing process. But you know, 
I think that sometimes we can get really discouraged about healing. You think of it as a thing like you have to attain, you know, like healing from the flu or heaven forbid coronavirus. If you've had to deal with that during this pandemic, you know, you're waiting for that healing. You're waiting to feel healthy and whole and perfectly better. And then you're just over it and you never have to deal with it again. But healing from sexual abuse, unfortunately, is not like that. It's something that we're we're walking through and living out. And I think that one way that we really, really help other survivors is by walking alongside them and being willing, I think, to share our stories and being willing to listen to the stories of other survivors as well. Before I go any further, I want to thank our latest members of the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. And I want to encourage anybody that hasn't joined the group to go ahead and do that. We had so many people just in this past week join. And well, I'm going to name them off. We had Roxanne, Kimberly, Sharon, Dominique, Melissa, Helen, Lori, Donnie, Lindsay, Victoria, Ruthie, Alma, Lisa, Laura Jo, and Tina. Quite a few people in the past week that have joined our group on Facebook, and we've had some really great conversations over the last week and have chatted about some issues too that have cropped up in some survivors' lives. And that's just what it is on the Facebook group. You don't have to interact if you don't want to, but I think sometimes just being there to see what other people are posting about and and other people sharing their healing experiences and their ups and downs, I think it's really helpful just to read uh, those posts and those comments. And it's a safe place where we can have community no trolls coming in and telling you that you need to let go of your bitterness and anger and forgive your abuser and never talk about your abuse again. You're not going to find that on the Facebook group. And uh, I don't allow that there at all, which is one of the reasons I only let survivors and some advocates join the group because I want that to be a safe place. So here's what you got to do. Go to Facebook and just do a search for Survivor Sanctuary. And it's going to pop up and you have to request to join because it is a private group and there's a multiple choice question. (laughs) And the question is, what is the main topic of conversation on Survivor Sanctuary? If you're here listening to this podcast, you already know the main topic of conversation on Survivor Sanctuary is sexual abuse. Um, I have things on there like grocery shopping, phobia recovery, like car repairs, and you would be surprised at how many people think that this page is for something way different. And so, yeah, I have that safety question there just so we know that people are joining because they know what the page is about and uh, we'll welcome you there with open arms as long as you answer that question correctly. And I believe in you. I feel like that multiple choice question is going to be a no brainer for people who actually listen to the podcast. So one of my absolute favorite things, probably the number one favorite thing about this podcast over the last year has been meeting some survivors, meeting some podcast listeners, and some some of you I've had the great pleasure of meeting in person. Um, at the Courage Conference, I got a chance to meet some amazing people, and I, I love that, and I cannot wait to meet more of you in person as well, but even just people that I've met online, some of the best conversations that I've had. And for some people that I've met, I feel more supported by them than I've ever felt by anyone that I've actually met physically in real life. So there are just some amazing people who listen to this podcast. I feel like I lucked out, to be honest. And 
that has been my absolute favorite thing. People interacting from all over the world, commenting from all over the world, sharing on the podcast from all over the world and all over the country. It's just been pretty awesome. So some of you I've talked to on the phone, some of you I've video chatted with, some of you I've met in person, some of us have just exchanged messages, but I have loved every single one. And it's such an honor and such a privilege to be able to meet so many amazing people. And guys, I feel like at some point, Survivor Sanctuary needs to have a retreat of some sort, a get together of some kind where we can all come together and, you know, share our stories, interact, meet face to face. That is a dream of mine. And I hope that I can make that happen at some point. So dreaming about the future right now. So today as I was floating in the pool, um, I had the day off of work and I just needed a little time to rest and also to go side note, tons of doctors. And honestly, it's been a super frustrating couple of months for me health wise. And so that part hasn't been fun. And I actually may talk about this on an upcoming episode of the podcast, not because I want to be like I'm 95 and I need to just talk about all of my illnesses. But honestly, I think that the vast majority of the health problems that I struggle with are a result of having been sexually abused as a child, having gone through that trauma and the way that my body has behaved and reacted ever since is a little crazy. And I know that some of the health issues that I've struggled with are a direct result of trauma. There's a lot of science to back it up. You know that I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to get on here and like quote numbery things and graphs and charts and all that stuff. I'm much more of a feeler than I am like a super intellectual, super scientific person. But I do know how to read. And <laughs> I've read a lot of the studies and the articles and the medical journals about the relationship between trauma and health issues later in life. Like there's a lot of documentation for it. It's definitely a thing. And over the last several months, I'll just say, been struggling a lot with some health issues that just they're pesky and they're annoying and it's not fun. But anyway, today took the day off, had some diagnostic tests and then went to float in the pool. And I just wanted to relax, think about what I was going to talk about on the podcast today on the one year anniversary of Survivor Sanctuary. And well, first of all, um, when I got in the pool, I saw something just as I'm floating along and I was listening to another podcast of the speaking out on sex abuse podcast with Jimmy and Clara Hinton and I had been behind a couple episodes so I wanted to catch up so I'm just like in the pool la 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 enjoying this podcast and trying to relax and out of the corner of my eye I see something that definitely did not belong in my swimming pool and I freaked out a little bit because I thought, I think that that's a snake. And it was kind of hiding like half in the drain and hanging half out. So I did what any person who's afraid of snakes would do. And I went to grab my phone so I could document this experience instead of just getting out of the pool. I went and got my phone. Now the snake was very still until I went a few feet closer so that I could film it. And then it started to wriggle about and try to come out of its hiding place. And I freaked out, screamed, got out of the pool, ran for my life. Um, I don't consider myself a squeamish person, but I am not a fan of snakes. I'm just going to say that right now. Snakes, I want no part of you. Somebody told me, I posted it on Instagram. 
in Facebook and somebody was like, oh, it's a totally harmless snake that doesn't do anything to anybody and please save it from the water. I'm like, okay, we got it out of the water uh, with a rake. (laughs) And um, so yes, we saved it from drowning in the swimming pool, but yeah, I want nothing to do with those creepy crawly creatures. That is just an aside, not the point of why I was floating in the pool today, but I felt it was very important to share. And I'm sure there's some sort of a metaphor in there for like sexual abusers infiltrating the church and sinking their venom, but I I don't have the energy for it right now because I'm still a little bit traumatized by that experience in the swimming pool this afternoon. Uh, Also pro tip, if you're afraid of snakes and you've ever seen one in your swimming pool, do not wear a swimming suit with tassels on it. I learned that the hard way today because everything was scaring me to death after the snake experience. And, you know, I looked down and two black squiggly things in the water, they were my tassels from my swimsuit, but it took my brain a second to register that. Anyway, that's just some free advice for you here on the Survivor Sanctuary podcast that has nothing to do with surviving sexual abuse, but everything to do with surviving a very small, apparently harmless snake in your swimming pool. I don't care how small snakes are. Don't want them in my swimming pool. Don't want them near me. Um, Stay away, nice little snaky. Like I've literally saved so many creatures that I don't like from that swimming pool. I've saved toads, which I absolutely hate. And they're really, really not great for the environment here in South Florida. But I cannot watch them drown. They get in the pool and they can't get out. So I help them out. I've, I've rescued frogs and big toads and even bugs out of the swimming pool. And yes, I might be a bleeding heart. Uh, A baby bird was trying to learn to fly and fell in the pool and was squawking and I helped it out of the pool. I have literally saved a mouse from the two outdoor cats that I have because I felt so sorry for it that the cat was toying with it twice. I've tried to save a mouse once I succeeded and the other time the cat just eventually ate it anyway. (laughs) So all that to say, I don't want creatures to suffer and die in the swimming pool, but I also don't want a snake anywhere near me. Just keep it away. I have a high tolerance for creatures because even when I don't like them at all, I still feel terrible if one of them gets hurt or injured in front of me. But that snake, not going to lie, I would not have been sad at all if it had met its end um, before I fished it out of the pool or after either way. In any case, as I was floating in the pool today, I was thinking about uh, this podcast and the past year and kind of just reflecting on everything. And I honestly, in thinking about season two of Survivor Sanctuary or the second year of Survivor Sanctuary, I thought, you know what? My honest wish, my honest wish is that we did not need a season two of Survivor Sanctuary. If I'm being real, I wish we didn't need this podcast at all. I I find it laughable and I hear it a lot. And okay, I'll be real. When I hear it, I don't laugh. It makes me very angry. But you'll hear a lot of people say things on on social media, in interviews, famous people that just it, it like it gets under your skin so much if you're a survivor of sexual abuse. But they'll say things like people love to play the victim. They love to play this victim card where, you know, oh, everybody's just a victim and this horrible thing happened to me and I want to use that as a crutch for the remainder of my life. And you know, one of the reasons it makes my blood boil is because I know the truth. And the truth is, no, nobody wants to be a victim of sexual abuse. I don't want 
to need to turn on this microphone every single week and publish a podcast every single Wednesday to try and help people to heal from sexual abuse, to try and help churches be better about serving the abused in their midst. Like, I don't want to have to do that. I do it because it's something that I feel called to and something that we definitely need because sexual abuse is a thing and surviving it in so many cases is very, very difficult and it's a lifelong struggle. But the reality is... I wish we didn't need this podcast. I wish that I could say, you know what? There's no need for me. Nobody needs to heal. No one's being abused. Churches are amazing at, you know, supporting survivors. I would love for me to be obsolete and for this podcast to be obsolete because that would mean that people were not being victimized any longer in this way. But I mean, the truth is I can wish all day that I'd run out of material for the podcast, but it's not going to happen because There is so much abuse everywhere, and there is still so much misunderstanding surrounding surviving abuse. I think I've said it before on the podcast that I will happily say it again or in every episode if I need to. Nobody chooses to be a victim of sexual abuse. And I really believe, I mean, with a thousand percent certainty, that if we were all given the option of never having been victimized, I'm pretty sure 100% of us would choose that option because it would mean such amazing things for us. It would mean like there would be struggles that we just wouldn't deal with. There would be realities we've never had to face. And I think I did say on one podcast recently, the only good thing and I won't say good thing about being abused because there aren't, there is nothing good about being abused. But the one good thing about having gone through that experience and starting to heal from it is that you have empathy for other survivors and that you have an understanding. You know, when people are suffering, you're not like, oh, well, you should just trust God and get over it. You know, um, if you just prayed more, if you just had more faith, you'd be fine and everything would be dandy. And those things that people say when they have no idea what it's like to go through trauma, like that's the one good thing. Um, I think I did say that on the podcast recently that I wouldn't trade in in all of this experience of my life from the time I was six years old and everything that I've dealt with, the only thing that I could say I could find some redeeming value in is the fact that I understand what it is to go through trauma. I understand what people deal with when they're abused. And even though I don't compare myself to other people or say I completely get every facet of every survivor's story. No, all our stories are different. There are people who are survivors who have gone through things that are 5,000 times more horrific than anything I've ever gone through. I don't like to do the comparison because we're all different. Everybody has a different story. There's always going to be somebody who has suffered more than you have, regardless of what's happened to you in your life. It's the fact that having that experience, I am able to empathize, even if I can't understand every detail of a survivor's story, every detail of everything that they've gone through. We're able to empathize without having that constant need to try and fix people so they'll stop talking about it. So for all of my reflecting on the past year of the podcast, that's honestly what I came up with. Like, yes, I'm excited about the upcoming year. 
Um, I'm excited about more people joining the Facebook group. I'm excited about more opportunities to interview some amazing survivors and people who are part of the group as well. I know so many of you have stories to share and I'm excited to share them here on the podcast, but Really, when push comes to shove, the thought that I landed on today as I was floating around in the pool after the snake emergency is, I really wish that we didn't need this podcast. And I'm not saying like this specific podcast is like the answer to everybody's problems. Not what I'm saying at all, but podcasts like this or material like this or advocates at all, like I wish we didn't need any of it. You know, there's no trust me, there's no glory in getting behind a microphone every single week and talking about sexual abuse, a subject that the vast majority of the world does not want to talk about. It's not glamorous. It doesn't pay well. I'm pretty sure that this podcast has made like $16.50 in the last year. It is not a lucrative business to talk about surviving sexual abuse. It's not something that's going to give you fame and glory. It's not something that the vast majority of people are excited to hear about or see if you post it on Facebook or Twitter or anywhere else. Like the the majority of people, I would say, don't want to think about it, don't want to talk about it. But the reason that I do it, the reason I've put in, you know, the hours that I've put in this past year, um, the reason that I keep doing this is because I know what it feels like to be a survivor of sexual abuse I know what it feels like to struggle. I know what it feels like to not have hope sometimes. And I remember when I started the healing process, like, I mean, I'm talking the first time I even thought about thinking about being sexually abused and how that may have affected me in my life. I I wished from the very beginning that there were other people who understood and that I could talk to and that I could hear from. Um, A podcast back then would have been amazing to me. And so the reason that I do this every week is because I want people to know they're not alone in their struggles. I want people to know that there are other people who understand what they're going through. I want people to feel hope. And you'll always hear me share, um, honestly, on the podcast. I try to be as honest as possible, even when it's embarrassing to me. Like I will have those vulnerability hangovers. Like I cannot believe I said that on this podcast. And like however many hundreds of people heard me say that and probably think I'm an idiot now. Like I try to be as real and as raw and as vulnerable as possible because I don't think there's a point otherwise. I don't think that sexual abuse is something that can be sugarcoated. People try sometimes. I just don't think that it's helpful to anybody. So while I try to be real and that translates into me talking a lot about the negative aspects of being sexually abused because, well, there are only negative aspects Um, But when people hear that negativity, I think that sometimes they think that I feel like, oh, sexual abuse is this life sentence and nobody can ever heal and nobody can ever be happy again. And it's just like, you know, you get a lot of pushback, not from other survivors, but from people who haven't survived uh, this kind of trauma and don't know what it's really like. You get pushback from them, like you need to be cheery and you need to be happy. And honestly, you'll hear a lot of ugly truth from me on this podcast because Sexual abuse is ugly. The reality of it is ugly. What survivors go through when they're being abused and after they're abused is ugly. Like there's just no way around it. I said it before, I'll say it again. You can't sugarcoat it. But at the same time that I'm sharing all of this ugly, I honestly do feel hopeful. 
And that's what makes me excited for another year of the Survivor Sanctuary podcast. I have hope. I have hope for my healing. I have hope for the healing of others in the struggle. And it's hard. And there are days when you're not going to feel hope at all. Like I'm just being real. There are going to be some days when it just feels pointless. You know, you, you feel like you're, you're back in a rut. Maybe you haven't made any progress or you feel like you haven't made any progress in healing from sexual abuse. It might feel pointless. It might just feel like, like why? And I've experienced these feelings and I'll be honest and be vulnerable and just say this. Sometimes I just wonder like, why? What was the point? Why did I need to be sexually abused? Like, why did that have to happen? And I try to keep the blame where it belongs, which is on my abuser. Like legit, it's my abuser's fault that I was abused and nobody else's because he made the decision to violate me. And if you're a victim of sexual abuse, if you've survived abuse, like whoever abused you, male or female, they are responsible. They made the decision to do it. And that is literally the only reason that you were abused because somebody decided perversely to abuse you. And while I can say that with confidence while the mic is on right now, there are times when I just feel like, what was the point? Like, okay, God, like I got to be abused and now I get to struggle with all these stupid things that I do not want to struggle with. I mean, despite what, you know, super motivational speakery types of people will tell you, like <laughs> nobody wants to be a victim. Nobody wants to have been abused. Nobody chose this. And if we had the opportunity to go back in time and erase it from our past, I can guarantee you 100% of us would be like, yep, sign me up today. But you have those questions, like what was the point? And we have those days that we struggle. And so one of the things that keeps me going here on the podcast, that keeps me turning this mic on every single week, even though some weeks I get the audio wrong and make stupid mistakes, I keep doing it because I am hopeful. I am hopeful, not that in my lifetime, we're not going to need podcasts like this, or not that in my lifetime, we're going to run out of material for survivor sanctuary or the topic of sexual abuse. Unfortunately, I don't believe that in my lifetime, sexual abuse is just going to be eradicated from the planet. I don't think it's going to happen. But what I am hopeful for is for the ability of survivors to heal. And again, it's not a one and done. It's not like I take these six vitamins and go for a jog and chant this mantra in the mirror 17,000 times and then I'm perfectly healed and whole. It's not like that, but I am hopeful that we are going through the process of healing and that there is so much healing in store for people who have been victimized by sexual abusers. If I didn't think that there was any hope, if I thought that, well, we're just going to throw in the towel because we're all going to be miserable till we die. If I thought that, I wouldn't be here talking to you right now. So if there's anything that I want this podcast to do, it is to give you that hope. And I am hopeful that there is profound healing. Our wounds can heal. Hear me when I say wounds can heal but they also scab over and leave scars. So while no, you can never erase that scar of having been abused, there is profound healing. When I think back to who I was the first day I got out of my car and walked up this building 
bypass an iguana. I feel like slithering creatures just want to be around me for some reason. But tiptoed by this iguana and went up to like the 500th floor to chat with a therapist for the very first time. And I think of the person that I was that day and the person that I am now. And it's not that many years later. Like I started my healing process very late in life. Um, a good 20, 28 and a half years after I was sexually abused as a six-year-old. And I will tell you that it is a night and day difference. The person that I was walking into that therapist's office that day and the person who I am right now, it's, it's night and day. And it's literally, it's not because, oh, I'm so great at healing because I promise I suck at it a lot of the time, but it's because there is healing. There is hope. And when we're willing to work through our stories, when we're willing to admit what has happened to us and to process it and to allow ourselves the space to grieve the wrongs that have been done to us and, and face them head on, when we're willing to do that, change really starts to happen. And that is something that I hope to be able to continue sharing on Survivor Sanctuary for many, many episodes to come. I am hopeful for all of us. And that's really what I wanted to share on this one year anniversary episode of Survivor Sanctuary is that it has been an amazing year. I have met amazing people and I've heard stories that absolutely break my heart and also stories that give me profound hope. And I'm excited to keep sharing these stories on the podcast. I'm excited to keep on encouraging other survivors and being encouraged by them. And I'm so honored that you're here listening along and sharing and all of that with me. And I hope that you're here for many episodes to come. Well, that is going to do it for our anniversary episode of Survivor Sanctuary. Want to give you another reminder that if you haven't done so yet, please join our Facebook group. We would love to have you there. It is facebook.com. Just search for Survivor Sanctuary and you can send a request to join. Answer that one membership question. What's the main topic of conversation on Survivor Sanctuary? The answer is sexual abuse, which you already know. So choose the right multiple choice and I'll add you to the group and you can join the conversation there and share your story with us. Or you can even send me a private message with people do sometimes if you're not, you know, comfortable sharing with every single person. Um, totally understandable. It's great to just be able to go onto the page and kind of see what other people are sharing and, and read other people's encouraging comments. But whether you're a little bit more of like a wallflower, you like to kind of sit back and observe, or you're one of those that wants to get in there and post and share, uh, it doesn't matter. I'd just love to have you in the Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. So join us there. Well, that is it for this week's anniversary episode of Survivor Sanctuary. Thanks so much for joining me and I will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Survivor Sanctuary with me, Kelly Downing. If you found value in today's podcast, please leave us a review on iTunes. Not only will it put a big smile on my face, more importantly, your reviews will help make it easier for other survivors and survivor advocates to find this podcast. Also, make sure you subscribe to Survivor Sanctuary wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. You can also join the conversation in our Survivor Sanctuary Facebook group. And for exclusive content, be sure to visit SurvivorSanctuary.com. Join me next time for another episode of Survivor Sanctuary. See you then.